0: Welcome to TAG Talk's Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at TAG. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara, and I'm the CEO of TAG Americas. I believe that every company's biggest asset are its people. And I'm very fortunate to work at TAG where I think we have amazing people. So, I decided to do a podcast to really understand what makes them tick and who are the people behind the curtain, so to speak. As per this is produced by Kaylee Stansfield, my producer. Hey, Kaylee, how are you doing?
1: I'm well, Agit. How are you doing?
0: I'm very well today. It is very, very hot at this particular point it in time. It's definitely a New York summer. My home country has had its record breaking temperature. The trains are melting, you know, highest ever temperature. What can you say?
1: <laughs> well, I actually wasn't going to say anything by the time this goes live. it will be cold. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Today's podcast is actually a very, very special one. It's a unique one. So I think, as everyone knows, that I talk about how amazing Tag is because of its people, the biggest asset. But actually, arguably, equally the biggest asset of Tag is its clients. Yeah, We would be nowhere without our customers. A number of my clients have actually listened to the podcast and they've wanted to be on it. I'm very honored today that this fellow here is our first client that wanted to be part of this podcast. So I'm very delighted today that I've got Scott Harding joining me. Scott welcome to the podcast and cheers
1: thank you very much appreciate it and honored to be the guinea pig from a customer <laughs> standpoint to be here
0: you are the guinea pig and you were brave enough to have scott you didn't want any of my fabulous wine selections that's become renowned on the podcast but you let me pour you keg and so how was my pouring skills it was very nice i was
1: uh impressed
0: the speed. not too much head the speed <laughs> i don't know if it was the co2 <laughs> on the keg
1: that was a bit bad but still tastes fine
0: there you go there you go well, thank you for that and thank you for making the effort here i really appreciate it and you i'm not from the tri-state area so where are you from scott
1: from really all over currently live in uh, greensboro north carolina been there for seven and a half years actually coming up in about six months will be the longest i've been in one place ever oh including growing up including growing up we've always moved at least a little bit so from colorado indiana other parts of north carolina texas delaware variety of different places
0: you're trying to get through to the whole 50 states Uh,
1: Tried to (laughs) you know keep coming back to north carolina and so that's kind of where we've been at for the last while
0: i'll come back to north carolina but in terms of the moving around was that your parents or one of them in job wise or or? that's my
1: dad job wise moved around quite a bit just from his career
0: oh okay well and do you have a spouse
1: I do. Wife, Kate. And then I have two kids, a 14-year-old daughter, Cooper, and a 12-year-old son, Kellen.
0: Wow. And how are they doing this summer? Are they uh, Oh, home, busy or? as
1: get all. They're <laughs> out and about, running around, camps, variety of different stuff. The mom and dad taxi is still moving around quite full steam in the summertime.
0: It never goes away, by the way. No, no. I know. Tell me about Greensboro. It's a beautiful part of the world. I have been there. But what, apart from the job, do you love being there?
1: It actually, because I've lived in three or four different parts of North Carolina, with where we are life-wise, with kids my their ages right now, it's actually quite nice. I mean, you know, it's a 300,000-person city, so you have enough stuff. You're near Charlotte, near Raleigh, where you can do something bigger. I mean, it's not New York City or a tri-state area, but we used to live up in Delaware, South Jersey area. Yeah, but you get enough to do, but you have green space and open land. And,
0: and when you're in Manhattan... Do you enjoy the fact that you are so so tall?
1: I can see over everybody. It's it's it makes a big difference. The height has a couple advantages. One, if you're traveling in the airport with anyone, they can always find you. Two, you if you're on the subway and you have to stand up, you're typically at least breathing the upper air and not the lower air. So, yeah. So you know those are those are aspects. But then trying to either get in a, a taxi or when you uh, rent a car or buy a car. Or, Finding shoes or pants becomes a bit of a bit of a challenge. So
0: how tall actually are you?
1: I'm six foot six.
0: That is tall. I remember two
1: meters for the metric foot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna come on to your science brain in a second. You know, in back keep sticking to the height. When I first met you it was via video calls. And then when I met you in the flesh, I actually almost said oh my god you are so tall and then i think towards the end of the evening i like a small child nestled into you you're a good hugger when you're that height. It,
1: it, it was there was a, a fair amount of wine and <laughs> uh about a three-hour chat with dinner and uh yeah no we I enjoyed, hugged it out i
0: hugged it i, I enjoy that you are a very huggable person i have to say <laughs> <laughs> oh love the laugh now, you are actually, apart from me, very tall, you're very intelligent. I mean, like your engineering background, where did that come from? Did you, have you always been fascinated with engineering? Just for whatever
1: reason, math and science always clicked. Biology was never my favorite, but chemistry. Yeah. And uh, just math just made sense, Out from algebra to whatever, just always made sense. And so you kind of put math and chemistry together and chemical engineering.
0: Yeah. But for someone that likes that, you're an incredibly funny guy. Like when we went out and spoke, you made me laugh quite a lot, actually. On that note, you said that one of the things you want to do when you retire was what? Which I I can't quite remember how you said it, but I didn't actually understand what it was that you want to do. The
1: question was, what did I want to be when I grew up, when I was little? And uh, so when I was in kindergarten, I was uh, or kindergarten, first grade, uh, got asked that question. As you know, you kind of fill out the things it's a little yeah. bit of funny, like how old your mom or those kind of little questionnaires you see posted online now. But my comment was that when I grew up, what I wanted to be was retired. <laughs> and uh, and, and I, thinking I, ahead. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so it's like, how can I get financially stable and not have to work? That seems like a good idea. <laughs> more, more from the concept at the time of Scott, uh, six-year-old Scott looking at it was my grandparents used to come. They had retired. And every summer when we, my brother and I were little, they would come and we would go for, you know, a month or two months. They had a camper or an RV. They'd pick us up. We would go. We went out west one year, out to Colorado, into California. One year we went up to Nova Scotia, Canada. And so, like, you get picked up. Your grandparents, you know, obviously grandparents spoil their grandkids. And so we'd go on long camping trip for whole summer. Now, my parents were then doing whatever because they were kidless for a summer. But I thought, man,
0: that's, <laughs> that's really where it's at.
1: And so, you know, it's been kind of a constant disappointment since then is I haven't figured out how to do that yet.
0: It was a coming early strategy, I've got to be honest with you. It was, a, And it links to if you were successful, you know, what would be the job, you know, that would lead you to that uh, retirement status?
1: What I really enjoy, and if I could figure out how to make money on it, it'd be great, is... Uh, <laughs> Be a professional college football tailgater, but I hadn't figured out <laughs> corporate sponsors or NIL talk. Uh, you know,
0: because what is a ball tailgater? Because you got to uh, side uh, side? Uh, I, I, so I'm an idiot uh, when it comes uh, to American football, US yes, football. Yes, correct. Not soccer.
1: Not soccer. So typically at either college footballs or even NFL games, at least in the South from uh, North Carolina, you typically, you know, if a game is at three o'clock in the afternoon, you typically show up to the parking lot somewhere around seven or eight start drinking beer, you know, cooking food, and just sitting oh, outside like, oh, enjoying the lifestyle. It, yeah. and then you go into the game, watch your team, and then you kind of come out. And depending on how the game went, you either tailgate more, and then you figure out how to <laughs> have someone come pick you up or that kind of thing. So it's just more of a enjoying a full college football experience.
0: That, now I understand that. And that sounds like a very smart strategy in that you kind of miss all the stupid waiting to get into a stadium, waiting to get out. you actually enjoying the preamble and the postamble and barbecue and beer. Very much so. That sounds like a good career. If you can make money out of that, it does sound like a See? good career.
1: And then it comes back to if then I had a camper, I could then drive the camper and then you don't even have to travel. You just, <laughs> oh, you stumble back into the camper and then, you
0: know. We have to empty out the, uh, the septic tank.
1: Yeah, but that's that's for Sunday or Monday
0: after <laughs> Did you play because of the, your size when you were... Uh, no, I did not. Uh, it's surprising because you, you, you know, basketball? I
1: played high school basketball for like a rec league, never anything organized. I'm, the problem is, is I'm tall, but I'm slow and white, <laughs> and I can't jump very tall or high. There was a brief window in my more athletic time frame where I could dunk uh, basketball. But for being 6'6", it it was pretty pathetic. (laughs) Pretty pathetic. That's a bit of the view. My basketball style was a bit more in the... Bill Lambeer scenario from the bad boys from Boston, the Detroit Pistons. I had five fouls and I used them.
0: <laughs> I, I did actually see not too long ago my first in the flesh basketball game at uh, Madison Garden Square oh. and I guess, I mean you see on TV but I had no idea how fast that sport is. It's, it's the, the athleticism on,
1: on the NBA players is just, as you said, until you see it in person it's just amazing.
0: The, the skill of?
1: Body control and all that. Oh, say.
0: It's amazing. It really is. And anyone, have you met any famous sports stars? or celebrities
1: actually just recently back in April I happened to go get lucky and was able to go to the Masters tournament in Augusta Oh wow! Wow. and I had a pass to Berkman's place so it's like the I don't know a ritzy VIP area where they have food and beverage and some other stuff and so as I was walking in and I shake this guy's hand he's wearing a green jacket so one of the members and so I shake his hand don't think it's a fairly tall guy And then I hear the voice and I walk by and I don't think, you know, it's glad handing and kind of like, oh, someone has to do their duty. And I realized after I heard the voice and took a minute, I'm like, oh, well, that was Peyton Manning. Oh, wow. And so then I circled back around and shook his (laughs) hand again and talked to him for a bit because my wife, Kate's from uh, Indiana. And so she was always a huge Peyton Manning fan as the Indianapolis Colts. And so then I talked to him for a bit. But yeah, that would be the most famous person I've actually met and talked to Uh, while I was at the master's tiger was warming up on the putting green and so i was from basically me to you seeing him warm up and kind of do do some stuff there so that was pretty cool
0: are you a golfer
1: i play i would say i attempt golf i don't even play <laughs> golf i like to be outside for four hours and drink beer um that's just bull. that that's kind of i'm really good at driving the cart um i'm really good at losing golf balls so i like to go out there it's just the problem is finding the time.
0: When I play, I, I think I'm like you. I play, you know, maybe not so good, but I also play agit's rules, which is if I don't like the way the ball is lying, I'm allowed to move it. Or oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fine. Little I little think. Foot wedge. Yeah, yeah. No, it think, goes
1: too far. I don't want
0: to. There's exactly. maybe a snake down there. or exactly. something. I'm, gonna, you know. I'm thinking of the environment. Yeah. Yeah, we we all play well together. And I also, I remember playing back to Tiger Woods, and I was playing one of the courses that he had played. A few weeks prior and there's a famous shot that he did and it was in Wales I think at that point uh, in the United kingdom and the guy that I was playing with is a huge golfing fan and was you know into everything and he you know we teed off and you know and I thought I teed off quite well and I have no control and so I make good ball contact but it really can go anywhere yeah but I still thought I made some good distance and then I did my second shot and I'm walking towards my ball, and I and I got to my ball, and then the my guy said, oh, went and Tiger's tee off shot was just over there, which is still ahead it's of still ahead of you, still ahead of the two shots that I had, had taken." And it just when you see it, because it's a long course, and you see the sheer distance that some of these golfers oh, they can, can hit. just rush it. It's, crush it. it's, it's just it's unbelievable. Astonishing. It's astonishing. It's astonishing, real skill, and made me feel very inadequate. I have to say. Challenge, biggest challenge you've ever faced?
1: You know, if you look at from, a, you know, I'll, I'll touch on work for just a, a hot minute. If you look at just everything that's gone on in the past two years, from supply through anything, from a work standpoint, trying to figure out how to make heads or tails from everything, it's just been utter chaos the last two years. And so I would say from a challenge standpoint, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing to, that still dealing with and but but i really enjoy kind of stuff like that where you say all right how can i deal in with whatever's thrown at you and you say all right i know i'm making a difference to do xyz and so that it's just getting a bit of the perspective to step back and say look at all the stuff that we've actually
0: done do you think that's your general tendency man like in math and engineering because you, I find you very calm you do actually find the middle ground the way to help things through and does that come from your kind of love of science and
1: well I think I well I think it's a couple things I think one I do like logic problem solving data that kind of approach I think the other aspect from a personality type from a whether it comes off in the podcast or not, introvert to some extent, I play an extrovert on TV. <laughs> the The aspect of that is I tend to think and take stuff in, process before I respond, other than dry, sarcastic humor. That's about the only thing I'm quick
0: on. You are quick on the wit.
1: That's about the only thing I am quick at. That's probably the, the rationale there.
0: That's interesting. And some of your greatest achievements or when you're your happiest? When I'm
1: happiest, I would say, I think when you look at the, I guess, harmony or you know how with the family is that family time when there's nothing going on it's just the day-to-day kind of life everything's kind of busy here or there that kind of stuff and just kind of get into that where it's not full autopilot but everything's taken care of there's not a lot to worry about you're just in that kind of moment and that kind of that is where i'd say just really enjoy
0: because your children are teenage years at the moment aren't they 14 and 12 and Whilst every period of children can be a bit challenging as they go through different things, it's, it isn't a it's a wonderful age because you know you're still doing things as a family. Yeah. They're, they've got their own personalities. They've got their and I you know mine, as many people on the podcast know, that two girls are 28 and 26 now. If I've got that right, I probably got it wrong, but and they're still great fun. But I miss when they were younger and you yeah. could you know the family trips the engagement, the innocence of, you know, what they're like. It's a wonderful time. I'm sure that you and your wife are cherishing, but they, it's um, it's very satisfying, actually. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: Well, I think, as you said, every age has a bit of difference. So right now, if you look at it, what I'm enjoying is they're both, both Cooper and Callen are coming into their own personalities. And so you see where, you know, obviously when they're little, you, you kind of control everything, where, they, where their likes and dislikes are coming out, what their... Approach on certain things, how they look at certain things, and how they take stuff. That's really just kind of fun to see that blossom. And, and
0: it's a very sad day, though, and it will come very quickly uh, for you, as it did for me. Which is when you realise that they are way smarter than you, that you cannot I've help known them that for a while. <laughs> exactly, you can't help them with their homework anymore, and you know you start, and they know it as well, and they just move on to a whole different level where where you, know, you become the butt of all of their jokes. Like yeah, you know, that transition happens, and uh, oh yes. It's an experience for sure. <laughs> ask, agitate, <Adrian>, anything! <laughs> this is coming to the part where you may ask me. Any question or questions that you may have, and there's no sacred ground, as they say.
1: That is a tough one. I guess the question I have for you, given the we're in the this lovely uh, podcast room with all the uh, the vinyl images on the wall, what drove you to do the podcast? Is this a self-serving? I think my voice is nice and smooth <laughs> to do the podcast. You know, you can lay on the nice subtle tones here. Is you know, kind of. Why did you need to make this a reality? Interesting.
0: So it was clearly so I could drink during the day. That's a good uh, point. was one opportunity. I think definitely not the voice, by the way, as Kaylee knows, and she always tries to get me to listen to the podcast for self-improvement, as she calls it. Uh, and how's I, that going for? I, <laughs> yeah, how is that going for you? <laughs> I won't do it because I did this. I think I've joked before that. I don't have a face for TV, and I'm not sure I have a voice for radio either. I definitely didn't do it for the silky smooth voice. I did this because I was inspired around, I want to connect our people. And, you know, since COVID, we've become much more disparate. We're not commuting as much. We're not you know meeting people at the cooler or the coffee machine. So my only objective was to try and connect the dots and give people some light relief around what their colleagues are. And it's been very interesting to find out about People and the feedback from folks is that it's actually been working. So that, that's the reason why I did. I just it.
1: remember when we had the conversation all, almost a year ago when you were talking about building this and your thoughts behind it. And so I'm like, Oh, we'll see if that actually happens. And you're like, all right, how many how many glasses of wine have we had? And is this and then then I see the picture we you did a zoom we did a zoom call in and you were in here and I'm like, Oh, this it's is real. this is getting real. I'm like <laughs> Then I'm thinking back to my promise of yeah, I'll do your podcast and I'm like, Oh man, this is gonna come to bite me
0: yeah so, and, and then it was the email a week that yeah, I chased you for yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah.
1: and then we tried to do it in may and then we both got covid separately and then at the same, uh, time. At the same time you in canada and i was at home <laughs> and so then yeah so finally it uh you know beat it down to where i had to be had to come here just to you know
0: exactly well look i i want to end by saying i've enjoyed this conversation enormously and that you know thank you for making the effort and it comes back to the fact that not only are you very huggable, which for anyone that knows Scott, he is very, very huggable. You are actually a very fun, entertaining, passionate, compassionate person that you know your team and my team adore working with you. And so, thank you for everything that you do. Well, thank you, Scott. And um, yeah, cheers. 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 Join us soon for another episode of Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at Tag.